0: This is the InFocus podcast from The Hindu. Hello and welcome to another edition of the InFocus podcast. I'm your host G Sampath. The Genetic Engineering Appraisal Committee GEAC of the Environment Ministry has cleared the proposal for the commercial cultivation of genetically modified mustard. The GM mustard variety, named Dara mustard hybrid DMH11, has been developed by the Centre for Genetic Manipulation of Crop Plants at Delhi University. While this development has been welcomed by sections of the scientific community, it is being opposed by farmers and environmentalists. Meanwhile, the Supreme Court, in an interim order, has ordered status quo on the GEAC's clearance, telling the government not to take any precipitate action. It has posted the matter for hearing on November 10th. In the first part of this two-part deep dive podcast, we take a detailed look at the history of GM mustard in India going back to 2002, the nature of the science behind the genetic manipulation involved, and the basis of claims that DMH 11 is higher yielding than other options available to the Indian farmer. Our guest today is Kavita Kuruganti, convener of the Alliance for Sustainable and Holistic Agriculture. Kavita, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you. Thanks for organizing this.
0: So, Kavita, can you give us uh, to start with a brief historical recap or overview of the approval process that this DMH 11 has gone through? And we understand it's been there uh, in the pipeline for a long time now. So, why did the Environment Ministry veto the earlier approval given in 2017? And does the latest approval address the concerns that prompted the veto in the earlier case?
1: So, uh, if you would allow me, I'd like to go back a bit to 2002 and not just 2017 because there was a Bayer uh, subsidiary called ProAgro, which had applied for GM mustard commercial cultivation approval at that time. And in the 34th and 36th meeting of GEAC, November 2002, we're talking about 20 years ago. And uh, in February 2003, GEAC looked at what Bayer was presenting to them as data with regard to their GM mustard. And remember, it's the same technology of BAR, Bar BARSTAR that Bayer had created at that time. And GEAC put a firm lid on that application on some grounds and what is interesting to note is that those grounds repeat themselves and they have not changed as we are discussing GM Mustard of Delhi University and soon after that gets rejected, the Delhi University GM Mustard surfaces in 2003 and the trials begin starting with Rabbi 2003, of Dr. Paintel's GM Mustard. Now, it's a, a curious coincidence that it unfolds in this manner, but that's how the story runs. And we could also talk about, you know, where did Mr. Payntel uh, get his technology from? That's uh, something that we could discuss. But starting from 2003, GM Mustard undergoes some trials. And curiously enough, the first three years or so, where it was still being developed, you can't call them agronomic trials or something like that, they were actually testing a DMH11, which was a different GMO. The parental lines, you know, Varuna and EH2, had this Barstar and Barnase genes inserted very differently in the original DMH11 that started getting tested in the regulatory pipeline. Starting from 2006, the GMO gets swapped and the regulators don't even know about it. And the crop developer does not even inform that he has exchanged the parents with the uh, genetic sequences change, which means that the GMO has changed. But still, testing continues as though nothing has changed. And in 2010 and 11, GM Mustard undergoes what are called as Biosafety Research Level 1, BRL 1 first year and second year trials. Mind you, they happen in very few places. In fact, in one zone, only one location of trial. And the testing compromises on how ICARs All India Coordinated Research Projects, AICRP trials happen. It not only violates AICRP trials, it also goes against the conditions for the trial approvals. And instead of testing this DMH-11 with another hybrid, because you want to release a hybrid, you need to show your superiority against another hybrid. The testing gets done against very old mustard varieties released in India, and the data is manipulated to show yield advantage.
0: So, how do we know, like, if you're saying data is manipulated, like, how do we, uh, is there any proof or any kind of substantiation on which this claim could be made?
1: Yes, we, you know, got information from the AICRP data.
0: I'm sorry to interrupt. What is AICRP?
1: It is All India Coordinated Research Project. uh, On particular research projects, they happen in multiple centers of ICAR, or the NARS bodies, uh, National Agricultural Research System Institutions in India. And that gives it a more solid scientific basis because you are having a larger sample, you are testing something out in multiple locations, you are testing something out over multiple seasons And those are multidisciplinary teams which are doing testings. So, AICRP has its own testing protocols that have evolved within the Indian public sector research system to lend rigor and uh, solid scientific basis to what emerges as results. This DMH-11, the testing compromised on those protocols, the way testing ought to be done. And it also compromised on GEAC's regulatory clearance, and it also compromised on simple science. You know, you you test yourself, uh, you know, like has to be compared with like. It didn't do that. So, anyways, all this data led by retired public sector scientists. When we interfaced with GEAC, it was not NGO activists, it was not farmer unions alone. Please remember that even as we hear a lot of voices welcoming GM mustard clearance at this point of time in a highly orchestrated fashion, there's a whole scientific community from within India which is opposed to this also. They were the ones who presented data to the GEAC, about what happened with GM mustard testing. And it was not just about a wrong comparator that was used. It was about data manipulation. And I'm saying it highly responsibly. We have all the evidence. I can show you what something averages out across seven trial locations and what was the average presented as an average of averages by respected scientists who were applicants in this case. So,
0: you are saying that the scientists presented this data and evidence to the GEAC and despite that, the GEAC uh, ignored this data and gave its approval?
1: That's exactly what I'm saying, that the applicant manipulated data and did bad scientific testing and then one set of scientists and activists and pharma union uh, representatives walk up to the GEAC for a two-and-a-half-hour presentation. Detailed presentations were made. This is up in the public domain. Center by center, in Ludhiana, what was the yield? In Batinda? what was the yield? In Shri Ganga Nagar, what was the yield? We gave data from everywhere that we had put together. And this can be verified by anyone. And this was also data that was actually presented not as raw data, but notched up by 7.5% just by wrong calculations by the applicant and presented to GESE. We presented it to political leadership at that time. And in 2017, based on both the claims which were wrong and unscientific on yield as well as the lack of safety of GM mustard, there was a break firmly put by the then Environment Minister. Let me say this again, addressing myself to Mr. Bupinder Yadav, who's the current Environment Minister. Four other Environment Ministers prior to him acted responsibly and responsively to borrow two terms from Mr. Jairam Ramesh's moratorium decision note. They were responsible to science. They were responsive to citizens. And they, uh, Mr. Anil Madhavdave, Mr. Prakash Javadekar, and Dr. Harshwardhan, all three of them actually made the regulators go back. Dr. Harshwardhan just simply said, look, I'm getting all these representations, and this is now kept pending for review, even if you have given your green signal. That is the kind of political leadership that one needs. In any case, they presented this data and this is what Dr. Harshwar then did. And from 2017, not a single additional test or evidence is presented despite so many flaws being pointed out. Five years later, GSE in the meantime when the minister or the ministry asks them to review comprehensively, they basically degenerate the whole debate to two tests, one related to honeybees and pollinators, one related to soil impacts of GM mustard. And they say, please do these tests. And the crop developer promptly writes back saying, I will not do these tests. These are not required. Data shows that safety is already there. Don't make me do it. I will not do these tests. And you know what the regulatory body in India does? They actually say, all right, my friend, don't do uh, one of these tests. Do the other test and please tell us how you will do the test. You evolve your own protocol about how you will do the honeybees and pollinators tests. This is the story from 2018 that test also does not get done. Remember, India's mustard uh, crop is a very important source for beekeepers of the country. 60% of India's honey in beekeeping is uh, produced out of uh, these bee boxes in mustard crop. It's a win-win for the farmer and uh, the beekeeper. And therefore, you can also... Uh, say that exports from India of honey are dependent on mustard crops and on honeybees thriving on mustard. And here we have a regulator ordering something, a crop applicant saying, no, I will not do the study. And then the regulator says, all right, again, you won't do that study. That is also fine. We will constitute an expert committee to give us a final recommendation. And that expert committee is headed by a DBT scientist. Remember, DBT is one of the main funders of GM Mustard.
0: I'm sorry, what is DBT? Can you please, for the benefit of viewers,
1: Department of Biotechnology, which is, uh, you know, the taxpayer's money that is given for this sort of technology and product to be developed. They had invested on GM Mustard to be developed. And a senior representative from the Department of Biotechnology becomes the chair of this expert committee. They bring in an old GM crop proponent whom we had called out years ago several times. Someone called Dr. Casey Bunsen is suddenly parachuted in and he becomes part of the expert committee. The expert committee presents its report around the 10th of October, 2022, after two sittings, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And on the 18th, GEAC actually says, okay, based on this committee's uh, recommendation, we are recommending GM mustard for environmental release. On, On the 25th, Genetic Engineering Appraisal Committee which has been renamed by the then government in 2020 2010 because they were doing a lot of unscientific, irresponsible, misadventurous things. At that time, Genetic Engineering Approval Committee was made into Genetic Engineering Appraisal Committee through a gazette notification. So it is an appraisal body. It goes ahead a few days after its meeting actually issues an approval letter and we uh, know that the gm mustard seed has already been dispatched to dozens of places and maybe in some places it is uh, already been planted and today we've had the supreme court saying look don't do anything to precipitate the matter status quo remains, status quo as in 2016, when the government of India walked up to the Supreme Court and said, look, we've not taken a decision yet. Why are petitioners rushing to the court like this, asking for an injunction, interim prayers, all of that? We will let the court know when we take a decision. We have not taken a decision and the court will have ample space and time to look into it and the court says okay when you take a decision you've got to place it on record here the regulator does not even do that today's hearing happened because conscientious and committed petitioners urgently moved the court to have this uh, you know hearing today and that's how uh, the status quo order came out that is the story starting from bayers gm mustard It's very interesting that GEAC in 2002 says that how can you conduct trials at only four locations ICAR, this is inadequate. And here we are talking about Paintel's GM Mustard, which is uh, not even four locations in some uh, seasons, three locations each and so on. In the penultimate stage, two locations in the country. So we are talking about extremely compromised testing and this is of highest, you know, uh, scientific uh, manipulation. I have no hesitation in saying it. This brings shame to the scientific establishment in this country.
0: Right. So, Kavita, earlier, uh, going back to what you said, you said that the Bayer's seed variety was rejected on some grounds. Like, what were those grounds on which it was rejected?
1: So the the GEAC at that time took cognizance of the fact that mustard is an edible crop and that toxicity and allergenicity studies are not adequate uh, the way they were done, that the uh, trials that happened under ICAR are giving very variable results. And what the company is saying is very different from what uh, ICAR results are showing, but averages were being presented in a particular manner. It also said that testing itself is inadequate. It found that the sterility trait is getting outcrossed into non-GM variety. I think uh, non-technical people may not understand that The yield discussion uh, around GM mustard, forget the hype about yield increase. The reality is that this mustard hybrid is actually yielding lower than non-GM hybrids that Dr. Pentel himself had developed. In 2006-7, GM mustard DMH-11 actually got compared with DMH-1 which is dhara mustard hybrid 1 which is a non gm hybrid from the same delhi university scientists and that outperformed gm uh, dmh 11 from the next year they removed it from the test as a comparator
0: so why why not go if the idea is to increase productivity so that you know uh, we reduce import dependence on edible oils and so on why not go with dmh 1 why why is this insistence on uh, dmh 11
1: precisely it's not just dmh1 there are a number of public sector and private sector hybrid technology choices available to farmers in india 45% of india's mustard is planted to hybrids already and i can show you growth rate data a long term trend a decades you know decadal trend uh, from the 70s onwards that hybrid entry into uh, India's mustard crop did not make any significant difference to the kind of growth rates that were happening with just improving mustard varieties in the country. And varieties yield on par and data exists with ICAR and with DRMR of farmer field performance also other than their research campuses, that varieties are on par with hybrids and some of the senior mustard scientists in India explain this in the following way. They say that Indian mustard, which is a particular species called Brassica juncia, is already a hybrid in nature. It's a hybrid that evolved and therefore What in technical terms is called as heterosis, the hybrid vigor uh, that happens when you cross to uh, unlike uh, parental lines, that is not significantly present, the heterosis potential in uh, Indian mustard. So, farmers have choices. Let's say even 5% matters to a farmer. Let's assume that and it does. Why should uh, you and I deny that, you know, even 10 kilos or 20 kilos uh, won't matter to farmers? But uh, there is an AICRP protocol that says that you will release new varieties if you show at least 10% yield advantage. That has not been seen. Two, this GM mustard has not been created to provide additional benefits to farmers, like I'm saying again and again. They have hybrid options. It has been created to make the job easier for the seed producing entities. It makes no difference to a farmer out there. They have hybrid options in the market to pick up from. It's as simple as that.
0: Right. So you're saying that for uh, if the if the objective, if the, let's say the government's policy objective in this entire initiative is to give farmers higher yielding varieties of uh, mustard, they can get it through the uh, hybrid process itself without getting into transgenics or genetic engineering at all, is what you're saying.
1: That's exactly what I'm saying. And even by investing some more on varietal development, not just hybrids, not just non-GM hybrids. But additionally, remember yield is a complex phenomenon the fact that today we are bringing down in a very reductionist fashion debates around production and yield to just seed technologies and within seed technologies we are talking about only transgenics that two of the bar barnes barstar kind that shows that our science has not evolved at all that we we have an unscientific mindset in fact uh, yield can be improved by changes in agronomic practices, and we presented this data to the government also, something called system of mustard intensification. And this is uh, official data that we presented from Madhya Pradesh government and from DRMR, uh, which is the direct rate uh, for uh, rapeseed mustard research and ICAR body, shows that just changing agronomy, as in what is the distance at which you plant, when do you plant, uh, how do you nurture uh, your plant, these kinds of changes, increase the yield almost by 70-80%. And I'm not exaggerating. When we have evidence like that, to think that this country's policymakers are hankering after a Risky, rejected, unwanted technology. Let me also cite from other countries. The best yields around the world in rapeseed canola are actually from non-GM hybrids. Australia, Canada and the US pale in terms of their yield data. When you compare them with the Netherlands, several European countries or even uh, Russia and so on. So, non-GM options are certainly available, and they are available right now in India for many, many farmers. And this business about import dependence, let us remember that in mustard crop, we have self-sufficiency in edible oil. Edible oil is something very, very regional and socio-cultural specific demand and supply situation just because you increase mustard oil production the coconut oil consumer in kerala is not going to start consuming mustard we need about 2.2 million tons of mustard oil and we are already producing about 2.4 million tons of mustard oil in this country
0: so you're saying that there is no need for increasing yield to fulfill existing demand for mustard oil.
1: I'm saying exactly that. And this is, uh, this is the absolute ludicrousness of the debate that is happening. That so many people get carried away by somebody hyping something about, I will give you 25% more yield. And nobody is asking, do I want more yield in this crop? Point number one. Do I have other options? Uh, For getting that kind of yield increase. And three, may I verify your claims of 25%. This is the ridiculousness of the current debate around GM mustard.
0: Right. Thank you for listening. This concludes the first episode of this two-part podcast. In part two of this podcast, we will be taking a closer look at the socio-economic and cultural aspects of GM mustard introduction in India. Such as food security, livelihoods of farmers, and the impact on India's agri exports. Please do join us tomorrow. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.